are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We go immediately to the book of Genesis chapter 6. America is a dying nation. Her convictions are dead. Her faith is dead. Her Bible knowledge is dead. Chapter 6, book of Genesis. What happened in Noah's day? As you know in the book of Matthew, he said, As it was in the days of Noah, even so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Lot, even so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now then, let's take a look at Noah's day. It came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. There is a population explosion. It was back in that day. Number two, the sons of God saw it was a looking time. It was a seeing time. And they saw the daughters of men, that they were fair. And they took them wives, plural, of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. For that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. I believe, and I've never said this before, I believe that we're living in a day of limited striving of the Holy Spirit. You say, why? The Holy Spirit's ever, I know, the Holy Spirit strives through Christians and preachers preaching the Word. The Holy Spirit didn't just fly down and flit around Brother, he has a plan by which he works. If you want the Holy Spirit to work in your heart, let him give his testimony in the King James Version. You don't sit in front of an idiot box and expect the Holy Spirit to work on you. You don't go to a dead church where the gospel's not preached and expect the Holy Spirit to strive with you. You don't go to one of these clowning churches we told about this morning and expect the Holy Spirit to strive with you. Brother, the reason people are not being saved today is because the Holy Spirit, and I say it reverently, is not allowed to strive with people. The music is unfit. The attitude is unfit. The atmosphere is unfit. The Holy Spirit doesn't walk in places like that. And so he said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants. That's it. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. 
There has never been a civilization worldwide that has made the physical, or maybe I should say financial and scientific progress that this generation has made. On June the 28th, 1914, I came into this world. The telephone had not been developed. The automobile was in its primitive T-model stage. The telegraph and no television, the radio, was in its infancy. Just a big old horn and four knobs to try to tune in on something. Very few stations across America in 1914. And now look. Invention of television and many other space travel, airplanes. There wasn't any airplanes in 1914. Very few. Air travel. They had a few old piston pounders. They, they never even dreamed of the jet airplane. 747 in 1914. If you'd have said there's going to be a 747, they'd have laughed at you. I said there's been a heap of progress. Neither did we dream that an airplane would fly over Hiroshima, Nagasaki, with a death blow to burn people off the face of the earth and to burn the ground like tissue paper. I tell you, that scared the scientists up. Talked about the elements melting with fervent heat. They laughed and said, isn't that stupid? Not anymore. Brother, when that, when those atomic bombs began uh, to drop, that ground had burned like uh, Kleenexes. Great holes left in the ground and people still suffering because of it. We never dreamed that our inventions would get us. We never knew that progress would finally kill us or bring us to the end of our trip and plunge us back into the dark. Noah's day. There were giants in the earth. There are giants in the earth today. Mighty men. Men of renown. Verse 5. God saw. Now remember, the sons of God saw. The daughters of men. Now then, God said, I believe I'll take a look around. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, continuous. And he repented the Lord that he'd made man on the earth. It grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man, whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. We find the introduction of salvation by grace. Noah didn't find works, he found grace. But grace put him to work. Boy, he was hauling lumber pretty quick. He was cutting down trees pretty You know why? Because he believed in grace. Grace brings works. Works never brings grace. And so he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. There you are. How'd you get just? Therefore, being justified by faith. Have you ever asked 
raised the question and said, why did Noah build the ark? Why did he build the ark? Never been a drop of rain on the face of the earth. There'd never been a clap of thunder, never been a streak of lightning. God had an underground watering system. And uh, yet, God said, I'm going to store everything with water. Why? I tell you, he believed three things. I say again, he believed that sin was real. He believed that judgment was sure. And he believed the ark would be the only safe place to hide. I submit to you, that's the gospel. Sin is real. Judgment sure, and Jesus is the only place to hide. He was a just man, perfect in his generations, and here it is, Noah walked with God. How do you walk? The Bible said, now the just shall walk by faith. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord he delighted in his way, Noah walked with God. Now, we see the first man, the first person we're going to talk about, and we'll spend most of our time with him. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Is it filled with violence now? My generation has been the generation of assassinators, murderers, killers. And I told you last Sunday night, the increase in deaths of teenagers has gone up 20 to 30 percent during this generation. You know why? It's because the young people are not motivated to live. They have no hope. They don't see anything in mother and dad. They don't see anything in the dead church they attend. They're not challenged to want to live. God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. Is it now? I'm talking about the earth. Is the earth corrupt? Is the land corrupt? Is the water corrupt? Is the air polluted? There used to be a time when we could drink rainwater. They said that's the best water there is, rainwater. But it's got to go through much, too much pollution now to be fit to drink. They warn you, don't drink it. It'd be an amazing thing if you did like we did and take your tap water down and get them to analyze it for you. It's not fit to drink. Man has destroyed himself. And so we're going through Noah's day. He has corrected his way about upon the earth. God said to Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now, he didn't stop there. He said, Noah, I've got a plan for you. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. We pause there. There are four men and four ladies, a total of eight. 
That's not many, is it? Noah has been assigned the task of building an ark. Now, if we're living in Noah's day, there's got to be an ark. But I don't have to build it. It's already built. I believe the world is going to be destroyed. Not with water, but with fire. There's got to be a way to get out of this thing. And Jesus is our divine ark. And we're safe in him. Everybody listening tonight, this is too serious for somebody to be silly or to be jabbered talking. If this is Noah's day, destruction is just ahead. And we're going to face some similar things, I believe, and already are, that Noah and his family faced. Now, the assignment was, I want you to build an ark. I want you to notice the plan. He said, I want you to build it out of gopher wood. I want you to pitch it within and without with pitch so it won't leak. And he, and get this, there was only four men that built the ark. The modernists didn't do it. The city people didn't do it. But they didn't stop him from doing it. You heard me say it. They might have said, this area is not zoned for art building. They might have come and filed an injunction, but he built the ark. There's nothing that can stop you from obeying God if you go by his word. For nearly eight years, they've tried to stop us. They never have. They're more discouraged than we are. Even though the battle was unnecessary, God always blesses his people for being faithful. And I'm not going to ever reach the place where I'm going to say, well, things are so bad, people are so wicked, and Jesus is coming, and there's nothing we can do. Oh, yeah, there's something we can do. And we're going to keep on doing it, too. Only thing is, we're going to speed up Operation Double. I mean, we're just fixing to get started in the most mammoth building program uh, that we've ever been into. Now then, you say, how long did it take him to build the ark? 120 days? No, 120 years. You say, well, don't you think he could have got more done if he'd have joined the Union? He could have got a bunch of... No, listen. God depends on his people to do his work. That's the reason I do not believe God is pleased with us to let the world come in and build what God's people ought to build. And I don't ever intend to go to the world for our provisions. I believe God will provide. And so the ark is finished. Criticism. Can you imagine? I mean, can can you imagine if the caller times had to come walking up? Mr. Noah, I've heard some strange things about you. And I'd like to get it firsthand. I'd like to write up a good story. I think the people ought to know 
And I'm willing uh, to give you a story if you'll have a conference with me. Number one, I don't think no would have been as foolish as I was. I think he said, fellas, I don't have time to fool with you. If you're not willing to get in the ark when I get it finished, I haven't got time to talk to you. Now, if you want to get saved and get in the ark, fine. If you don't, do it. Now, I've got sense enough to know that now. Time magazine, all the rest of them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give them the time of day because if they don't want to get saved, I don't want to talk to them. And so, can you imagine going back down newspaper office and say I ran into the number one nut, probably a Jim Jones. Child abuse. He had all them boys out there, three boys out there hauling logs. And though he wouldn't talk with me, it's pretty well rumored that he's building an ark and he's looking for a mighty flood. Looking for a mighty... Do you realize that this is only six chapters from the first revision of the Bible? You know who made the first perverted revision of the Word of God? The devil and Eve. That was the first modernistic perverted Word of God was when she spoke and raised a question and then lied. She put out a false word about God. Now then, six little chapters, less than that really, down the, by the road, they're standing at the end of the trail. There's a population explosion, but there is an ultimatum from God that said, I will destroy all flesh, every bird that flies, every fish that swims, everything will be destroyed on the face of the earth, except what is inside the ark. Does that give you a word tonight? Do you realize that everything outside of Jesus Christ will have to be destroyed? He is our only hiding place. Now then, come to the close of the sixth chapter. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. I do not believe that Noah said, Lord, I think maybe this room here could be a little different. I don't think so. Brother, when you start building for God, do it like he says do it. Be obedient to him. Now, chapter 7, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Who gave the invitation? Who was the evangelist that preached the meeting that got him in? It was God himself. God played the role of a great evangelist. Stood in the door of the ark. How did he go into the ark? Through the door. Here's the door? Jesus Christ. Who closed the door? God. Listen, I believe that the ark door is going to. I believe the final invitation is being given. And I believe the people, I don't want the Gentiles in particular, I believe they're getting their final invitation to get in the ark. And once the ark door of grace is closed, 
there will not be another Gentile saved. Your day of opportunity will soon be over. According to the Word of God, I know there's going to be a grafting in again of the people of God, of the Jews. But he said, Come thou in all thy house, Noah, into the ark. Beautiful scene, isn't it? Noah, he said to his wife, Honey, did you hear the invitation? Come, let's get in. And I see Noah and his wife walk up to the door, turn around and look at the world they'd prayed for and preached to. And said, I guess this is it. This is it. I see three fine boys. As each one said, I'm going to follow Dad. If Dad goes in the ark, I'll go in the ark with him. And I see three boys. That's all he had. I see three wives. And they walked into the ark with their husbands. A total of eight souls. You'd say, Brother Roloff, doesn't it seem strange that he could preach and build for 120 years and only eight? But there's one thing about it. He got all of his family in. He did not have Shem, Ham, Japheth. He didn't lose one member of his family. His wife went in. His three boys went in. The three boys' wives went in. There was four husbands and four wives that walked in. But if you think maybe we're straining the Scripture a little bit, go to the Sermon on the Mount and find Jesus and listen to him preach when he said, Straight is the gate. And there is the way that leads to life eternal. And few there be that find it. I'm sorry. I wish it wasn't that way. I used to try to change it. I started preaching. And uh, I heard the old preachers preach. And, and they preached post-millennial preaching. And everything's going to get better and better. And we're going to win this world. And we're going to gospelize. And we're going to send enough missionaries. But it wasn't very long till I realized it wasn't working out like that. Dear friend, broad is the road. Wide is that old gate that leads to destruction. And many there be that find it. That's why 430,000 rock and rollers got together. Many there be that go in the wide road. Look at the people that call. 15,000 people a year that are in the broad road. Young people, just children. Just you think of the woman who called yesterday weeping and said, Brother Wolf, she's 10 years old, little girl, 10 years old. She's already established a crime record. Now then next week, they're going to turn her over to the state and say, y'all can have her. Mother and daddy, turn a little 10-year-old girl over to the state. Oh, I tell you, we're living in Noah's day, the day of violence. Now then, I want to give you a final picture. Long time since I, but I read this a while ago. Turn to Revelation, please. Chapter 11. <clears throat> One of the most unusual things in the entire Bible. <clears throat> we begin reading. Verse 3. I will give power unto my two witnesses. They should prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. Not going to have on Hollywood blazers. Not going to be little fancy 
Jephthah evangelist. Here we go. My two witnesses, I'm going to give them power. They'll be clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. If any man will hurt them, fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoured their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. You say, who are they? Verse 6. These have power to set heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. That sounds like Elijah. And have power over waters to turn them to blood. That sounds like Moses. And to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished, get it, when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And as Moses and Elijah, their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom, they are. Sodom's day is just around the corner. And Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. That sounds like San Francisco, doesn't it? But he said it would be called Sodom, the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. Now, notice verse 9. And there the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. You say, how are they going to do that? CBS, ABC, and NBC. Television is going to be used. That's the way they flash it around the world. These are the most despised witnesses, but remember, they finished their witness. They didn't even pick them up and bear them. They left them in the street three days and a half, and they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them. Make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. That's it. Brother, let me tell you something. A real prophet will torment the people of this generation. Troublemakers like Elijah. Now get it. Brother, we're not through. Chapter 11, verse 11. And after three days and a half, the Spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet. Great fear fell upon them which saw them, and they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour there was a great earthquake. Get the picture and I'm through. The two great prophets come back for a final witness. Moses, God's lawyer. Elijah, God's prophet. They said, we've got to get rid of them. We hate those tormentors, those troublemakers. We've got to kill them. And God finally, when they finished their witness, let the devil and his crowd overcome them. And down in the street they went.
and were dead. They said, don't anybody bear them. Let's continue, and I can see all the television reporters coming. I can see the color times and all the rest of them. There they are, dead. Dead. Headlines. Television. The two great prophets are dead. They didn't kill. Don't look at them. They're in the street flashing it around the world. And then I can see the television boys, these three big networks making their rounds, checking on them every day. One day they came out, had those little television cameras going, lighting up the story. And they looked over, and Elijah began to raise up his arm. Moses opened up his eyes. The television cameras, I imagine, might have fallen to the ground. And that bunch of hellish sissies began to run. Scared. The Bible said they were scared. They were afraid. Moses said to Elijah, Are you ready to go home? Did you hear the call? Come up hither! They mounted up, and the enemy saw them get up out of the street and took off for heaven. Folks, God's not dead. That's the type of those of us who may be run over. The world might think to defeat us. One of these days, we're coming out of the streets and heading for home. Yes, dear friends, it will not be long. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.